she's busy. Up early to catch the bus on the way to exercise, meeting up with her friend Jeff, then turning around and going home. Eclipse is a dog, but she's figured out public transit to everyone's joy. Eclipse even has a bus pass attached to her collar. The bus driver recognizes her and lets her ride wherever her agenda takes her for the day. It all started when her owner Jeff was taking too long to get on the bus one morning, so Eclipse hopped on by herself. The bus driver stopped her off at the dog park, and Jeff met her there later. Since then, she's been a solo rider, running errands in the day and making sure to be home for some puppy chow. It's a heartwarming scene in a world that seems intent on crushing our sense of wonder. Jesus will never snuff out our joy. In him, we have life now and forevermore. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And this week, we're continuing our series called The Call of Christ. There are names in the Gospels that cause great confusion. One name is that of a man and the other is a woman's name. Those names are John and Mary. Every John and every Mary, a special person with their own story relating to Jesus. But the women named Mary in the New Testament offer the most confusion. There was, of course, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary of Nazareth. She shows up in the beginning, and then at the end under the cross at Golgotha. He even asks the young man John, the apostle, to look after his mother after he's physically gone. What a touching scene that is. And then there is Mary of Bethany, the sister of Martha and Joseph. Bethany, that village where Jesus and the disciples often stayed when they were in Jerusalem. For those days, it was a short walk from the Temple Mount, down the Kidron Valley, up the Mount of Olives, past the Garden of Gethsemane, and over past the top and east to Bethany. Mary of Bethany was a significant person around Jesus. But it was the third Mary I want us to consider in our time today. I'm speaking of Mary Magdalene, or Mary of Magdala. She is the most enigmatic of all the Marys in the Gospels. If we can get to know this Mary better, I think we'll get to know Jesus better. And that is good to grow our faith in Christ our Savior. And really, getting to know the people around Jesus in the Gospels helps us to see more of who Jesus is. And that's where the TV show The Chosen comes in. Tens of millions have all over the world watched it. And there's a reason for its popularity. The Chosen is unique. This show wants us to think of the reaction of the normal people around Jesus. That was the idea of Dallas Jenkins, the show's creator. And I have to say, I'm thankful for Dallas's heart to point millions of people to Jesus Christ. So after this program is over, I want to give you the chance to get the DVD set of The Chosen, Seasons 1 and 2, for your minimum gift to support our ministry here at Haven Today. That's all 16 episodes of this hit TV show. Or, if you already have Season 1, for your generous gift, Ask for the combined set of Season 2, eight episodes with six hours of viewing content. I know you and your loved ones will not only enjoy this series, 
but also being intrigued by thinking about the kinds of people Jesus called to himself in his earthly ministry. They were a lot like you and me, after all. Call us after the program. Our number is 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or better yet, go to our website, watch our interview with Dallas, or listen to the full interview with him on our podcast, Great Stories, and then make your minimum gift and ask for the DVD collection of The Chosen, Seasons 1 and 2. Or make your gift and receive the second season. And our website is haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. Now let's get started with Keith and Kristen Getty leading us in song.
It's called For the Cause. It's by the Gettys here on this Haven Today, a program called The Call of Christ. I'm Charles Morris. And we're going to zero in now and look at Mary Magdalene. So much has been written and so much speculated. This Mary shows up early in the gospel story. She became a member of that traveling band of disciples who were with Jesus. But there is what is not recorded in Scripture about her. What's been said through history, probably the most significant, was that she was reported to be a prostitute before meeting Christ. Many people are most surprised to learn that nowhere in the Bible is Mary Magdalene described as a prostitute. Her reputation as a Reformed prostitute has no biblical support, but it does have a little church history support. Pope Gregory I, 604 A.D., gave legs to this misinterpretation by delivering a sermon that equated both Mary of Bethany and the anonymous hair-washing sinner woman in Luke 7 with Mary Magdalene. This portrait also absorbed the story of the unnamed woman caught in adultery in John 7 and 8, the combination making the popular image of Mary Magdalene quite different from what's recorded in the Bible. Since then, Mary of Magdala has more often than not been represented as a prostitute who gave up her wicked ways to follow the forgiving Jesus. In Nashville, I'm thinking of the Christian non-profit Magdalene community. The organization does good work. It aims to help women recovering from lives of drugs, prostitution, and abuse. And yet, that doesn't mean she was what later history has made her out to be. Mary Magdalene was also depicted this way in the 20th century blockbuster films Jesus Christ Superstar, The Last Temptation of Christ, and The Passion of Christ. It's no wonder that few people know that the Bible doesn't describe her in this way. But there's more. The discovery of the non-biblical Gnostic Gospel of Mary supports the conclusion of even apostolic authority something that Dan Brown ran with in his wildly popular and controversial book and movie, The Da Vinci Code, where Mary of Magdala is imagined to be the disciple to Jesus right in Leonardo da Vinci's painting, The Last Supper, and Jesus' pregnant wife when he was crucified. The Gospel of Mary did not become part of the Bible, in part because it represents a kind of thinking deemed heretical by the early church. And worse, The non-biblical Gospel of Mary depicts its namesake as thrilled that Jesus liberated her by making her into a man. So where am I going with these musings out of history? Get your facts from the Bible. Stick with God's inerrant and holy word on everything, including what you believe about Mary Magdalene. Okay, so what can we believe about this surly disciple? How about the truth that God left for us? We know she was a follower of Jesus. She loved her Lord. In other words, Mary Magdalene was a Christian. And she also became a Christian with a past from which she was freed. The Mary we are talking about shows up in all four Gospels, which means she had a significant role in the story. Because of her name, we know where she was from, Magdala a wealthy town on the northwest corner of the Sea of Galilee. It was there all those fishermen 
including the disciples, sold their fish. It was there the fish were dried and preserved in salt, and then sold all over the Roman Empire. Think of it as oil being discovered in Texas. This was the economic base for that day in that place. We also know something else. We're told in the Gospels that Jesus preached in all the synagogues of Galilee, and that would have included the synagogue in Magdala. And if you've been with me to Israel, you know it's been only in the last few years that the synagogue was discovered and dug out by archaeologists. It revealed a wealthy congregation who constructed an expensive building in which to worship. They also made a special find, the oldest menorah ever found in a first-century synagogue. Now, we don't know for sure that Mary Magdalene was wealthy, but in all likelihood she was, and helped provide for the financial needs traveling with the disciples. A little conjecture, but I think close to having it all right. Now, in the biblical Gospels, this Mary does not show up at the very beginning. In Matthew, she's named three times, but not by name until the end, after the cross. But a little piece of information provided about her. Matthew 27, verse 55. Many women were there, watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them was Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. So she wasn't a latecomer and was part of the women who traveled with Jesus. It was not just men, as some of us have thought. She's mentioned by name four times in Mark's gospel, providing more clues about her. She doesn't show up until close to the end, and Mark 15 points out she wasn't just there after the crucifixion. She was there for the crucifixion. Verse 39, And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus, saw how he died. He said, surely, this was the Son of God. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger, and of Joseph, and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. We also learn this Mary was there on the first Easter Sunday, showing up at the empty tomb. And then we reach Luke's gospel, the third gospel we have in our New Testament. And there, our Mary shows up much earlier, and we learn a little more about her. Chapter 8 in Jesus' famous parable of the sower. But verse 1 of chapter 8 opens with more background. After this, Jesus traveled from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household. Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. More clarity for us about Mary and others. So, she was one of several women who traveled with Jesus. Some of these women were delivered from demons, but also healed from disease by the Messiah during his tenure of teaching, preaching, and healing in the Galilee region. But note what I just read to us. Our Mary is mentioned specifically. 
were the seven demons that had inhabited her before she followed Christ and became a believer. More detail by chapter 24, the final chapter of Luke. She was there at the tomb with other women and hurried back to tell the rest that he was not there. The tomb was empty. Verse 9. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. I love to preach this at Easter. The women learned first. The women got it right. And let that be a lesson to all of us men on this program today. And finally, there's the fourth, the final gospel, the gospel of John. At the end of John, her name comes up three times. And again, we find her on that first resurrection Sunday at the tomb. Verse 20, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we, meaning she and the other women, don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. But it doesn't end there. John includes a snippet of significant fact. Our Mary was granted an audience with the risen Lord even before the other disciples. Verse 11. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been laid, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken away my Lord, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. And at this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she didn't realize that it was Jesus. He said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? And thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. And that, in verse 16, is where Jesus called her, Mary. What a profound encounter with her Savior, for this Mary Magdalene. And verse 16 goes on to say, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, don't hold on to me, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And then in verse 18, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said, these things to her. What's a great takeaway from this woman, Mary Magdalene's life, one of the very first followers of Jesus Christ. Well, if you think about the first time we meet Mary, the demons are cast out of her because of Christ. But then her story is bookended on the very first Easter Sunday, Christ conquered death and came out of the empty tomb and revealed himself to this same Mary. The Son of God came to die and to rise from death for his people, like Mary, like you, and like me. Hear the bells ring, 
popular rendition of a song by second chapter of Acts. This is Haven Today. Imagine seeing Jesus perform a miracle with your own eyes. Maybe you see him drive out a demon or heal someone who's crippled. You would never be the same again, would you? Well, thankfully, we have God's very own word to us where we can read about who Jesus is and what he did. And then watching the Chosen TV series helps paint a new picture in your mind about how these events and how these people might have been in real life. And that's why it's a unique show, one I think you'll enjoy. The Chosen helps us to take a look at the story through the eyes of the people who were there when these things happened. What were they like? What was their story before they met Jesus? And most importantly, how were they transformed when they came into contact with Christ, the Anointed One? The Chosen answers these questions while keeping its eye on the gospel narrative that you and I cherish and know so well. As you watch The Chosen, you'll see the similarities between yourself and those Jesus met and called during his ministry. And you know what? The same Savior who called them has called you too. It's a fresh and unique way to see and love the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'd like to send you the DVD collection of The Chosen, seasons one and two, for your minimum gift to Haven Today. Or for those of you who have already seen the first season, Ask for season two of this popular series and see why so many people are watching it now in 2021. You can also make a gift and send the series to someone you know would be blessed by it. So would you call us right now at 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or you can also give by visiting our website where you can watch some excerpts from the series. And check out the video interview that I did with Dallas in Dallas, Texas, on one of the sets from The Chosen. And after you've done that, you can make your gift and place your order at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Come back again tomorrow on Friday, won't you? When again we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Has this ever happened to you? You're driving along with your family and your phone tells you to drive one way, but your instincts tell you to go another. Often, when I've gone with my instincts, the digital voice chimes in, along with my wife, to let me know that I've gone the wrong way and now I'm off track. I was so turned around, I had to pull off the road to get my bearings again. Does your walk with Jesus ever feel like that? Proverbs 3 reminds us how to get back on track with Him. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Get started with the printed edition of Anchor Devotional today. Visit GetAnchor.com.